Hi, babes. Welcome to The Pleasure Portal, a podcast for women desiring to embody their fierce, wild, feminine magic, reclaim their deepest soul desires, and unleash the passion, pleasure, and fulfillment they know in their bones is their birthright. I'm your host, Kelsey Grant, a love, intimacy, and relationship educator and pleasure alchemist. I'm curious, has your pleasure ever been on the back burner? Have you ever felt like your pleasure doesn't matter? Have you experienced your feminine power being minimized, ignored, or suppressed? If so, this is the place for you. Because in this podcast, we're writing a whole new story together. We're a community of fierce femmes who are done with the binds of repression. We're the women who desire a pleasurable sex life, sacred connection with ourselves, and intimate partnership with another without having to give up or hide parts of who we are. We're the modern witches who until now have had to hide or suppress our sacred gifts. Together, we're unhooking from the binds that mute our greatest expression. We're dialing up that turn on full tilt. We're creating right relationship with our emotions, our power, our enchantment alchemy, and our womb wisdom. Each episode, I'll bring to you a mix of pleasure alchemy, embodiment education, love, sex, and relationship insights, and ultimately an invitation home to your fierce feminine magic. We are reclaiming it all. Down and in we go. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm so excited for another episode with all of you wonderful humans. And before we dive into today's topic, because we're going to be talking about a holiday pleasure guide, and I'm going to be giving you 10 little things that you can focus on. I guess some of them are big things. Some of them are little things that you can play with and integrate during your holiday break and the holiday season to just welcome in more pleasure into your system. And before we get into that, I wanted to share with you, I've been feeling this call to reshare the bundle of courses that I have put out in the last year and a bit. One in specific, it's called Stopping and Spotting Emotional Manipulation. And inside of that program, there is a holiday boundary guide to use with family over, you know, the holiday season, especially if you are going home for the holidays. I know some of us might be grounded and not be able to travel and see our family. And we might be you know, doing Zoom family holidays, but it doesn't mean that the emotional manipulation that tends to kind of flow through most family systems, it doesn't mean that that just stops because we're not seeing our family in person. And it also might be heightened this year because of the stress of 2020. 2020 was a doozy for so many people, myself included. And when we are in these really crunchy pockets of time of life, you know, we can go a little sideways in our behavior (laughs) and this happens in family systems. And especially during the holiday season, we can notice a lot of these um, like subtle emotional manipulation tactics happen. Sometimes they're more overt and they can be really harmful, not only to the connection that we are building with our family systems, but also the connection that we are growing, building, establishing, and anchoring within ourselves. So 
I decided to do an offering 50% off for that mini course. It's probably about two to three hours worth of content. There's some workbooks in there and it's a nice little deep dive, especially if you've had emotional manipulation in your family system, there's a strong likelihood that that might show up as a pattern in your romantic relationships as well. So getting a little handle on that, getting a little bit more insight and revelation into what's going on there and how can we prevent this from happening in the future. And if you're going home for the holidays, how to not get caught in the undertow of all of that would be so great. So I'm going to offer that for 50% off. The promo code is HOLIDAY2020, all caps, and that promo code will also be good for any of the other dropped in, dropped in classes and the self-study courses that are up there. So there is a bundle that includes all four from the 2019 to 2020 season. And so that's 50% off for all of those. And you can just do them one by one or just get one or none, whatever feels good to you. But I wanted to extend that offer into the holiday season because I know it can be such a tricky time. And I also know that, you know, things have been tight financially for some people and I want to make sure this is accessible and everybody can get those tools and that support in their tool belt so that if we are spending time with family, it can be the most pleasurable possible. And if we are not spending time with family, that can be the most pleasurable possible. Okay. So let's dive in. So it's not a surprise that 2020 has been a bit of a doozy to say the least. Uh, a lot of our plans have been altered. We might be doing the holidays a little bit differently this season. I know for me, that is definitely the case. I was planning on going home and then, you know, pivot. It's like the theme of 2020. We're just going to pivot here. And I am not going back to see my family, which, you know, brought up a lot of feelings of sadness and disconnection and disappointment. And so I've been kind of cycling through all of that this past week and then throw an eclipse in there. And the eclipse is in a sign that there's, I've just got a lot of placements there in my chart. So there's just been a lot of energy this week that's been coursing through my body, coursing through my experience. And I want you to know that if that is similar for you, you're not alone. And it has been a real tough year in some, some senses. And then in other senses, it's been really delightful and really beautiful. And there's been a lot of wonderful things that have happened. So it's this, you know, complexity of, ah, like I'm having like these really challenging feelings, but I'm also having these really expansive feelings. And this has been coming up a lot in my coaching program, my year of love mastery, where we're having to hold this duality and like go through the contraction of this experience and then the expansion. It's like we're just in this nonstop labor where we're being contracted and then we expand. We're being contracted and expand. And that is a, well, it's a tiring process sometimes. And so I really wanted to explore how do we 
bring more pleasure into the season, especially in a year where pleasure may have been a little bit more tricky to, you know, get our pulse on or get connected to. So I wanted to explore all of this magic with you today so that you can at least take one little nugget away. And that's, and that's a little disclaimer here. You do not have to do all of these things. You don't have to do any of these things if they don't resonate with you. Um, but if there is one or two that really stand out, I would highly recommend just choosing one or two and really challenging that perfectionism of, oh, I must do all 10 of these things and do them perfectly in order to have a pleasure-filled holiday, because that will literally rob you of a pleasure-filled holiday when we are trying to do things perfectly, when we are overtaxing the system, when we are just trying to so hard to get it right. And there is no right or wrong here. There's just the way that you are going to flow through. And these are some offerings that might be supportive in having a little bit more pleasure, especially in a time that can be a little challenging for a lot of people. Okay. So number one, if you are going to be around your family or people who are really close to you and you have those dynamics where shit can get triggered and we know each other's, you know, pain points and we know how to push their buttons. If there are any people like that, that you are going to be spending the holidays with before you go in, get clear on what those usual dynamics are specifically the things that irk you or have challenged you in the past, knowing the family or relational dynamics that you're stepping into and having that be floating around in your conscious mind gives you a little bit more space to be fluid or flexible or responsive in the moment. Now, one of the reasons why we get so reactive in our family systems and in our relationships is because we are not coming from a place of being consciously aware in that moment. So our system has been hijacked by something that's happened. Something has gotten triggered and we're no longer in that space of making a conscious choice of how we're going to navigate and relate from that point forward. So if we don't go into our family holiday dynamics or relational holiday dynamics without a clearer picture of what is the dance that we normally do here, specifically around the holidays. And in next week's episode, I'm going to be talking about why things get so crunchy in family systems over the holidays. So stay tuned for that because it's a, uh, it's a real thing. And we're going to dive into it on Christmas, I guess, wait, is Christmas Friday or is it Saturday? I don't know. It's close to Christmas. So I'm going to be doing episodes all the way through December. You can listen to them at your leisure, but I am going to cover that. So if we don't know what those dynamics are, we don't know what the dances that happen specifically during this time of year with everyone, we're more likely to get swept up in the drama of it. We are more likely to participate in that dance and it's going to go probably the same way it's always gone. And we're going to walk away with, you know, a little bit of a bad taste in our mouth potentially. And so it's very hard to be proactive in transforming that, di that dance that the family dynamic does if we are not clear 
on what it is to begin with. So before you go in, you know, whether you're flying home or you're driving across the city or whatever it is that you're doing to get to your family system, if that's what's happening for you this year, just take a moment, take a little moment, do a little reflection. I find journaling is very, very helpful to sort these types of dynamics out and get really clear on paper what's happening, but that's not everyone's jam. You might be more of a thinker or a meditator or whatever, however that comes through for you. Totally cool. Just get clear, get clear on what the dynamics are and specifically what are the dynamics that tend to historically in your experience have hooked you. So what happens where you lose your power? What happens when you get flooded or you get triggered? Is there a a specific, you know, tone? Is there a specific, you know, dynamic or phrase that gets said that really kind of leaves you discombobulated and off your center? Because once you know what that is, we can do a little bit of preventative medicine in either setting boundaries or just being a little bit more vocal with our expectations, a little bit more vocal with our needs and inviting the people that we are close with, the people that we love, um, the people in our family systems to meet us differently. And we will also know if, okay, this is something that normally sets me off. I'm going to be more aware of it in the moment because I've just taken some time to bring some conscious awareness to it in a moment where I'm not flooded, in a moment where I'm not triggered, which helps us in those moments gradually over time cultivate more awareness and more connection to ourselves so that we can say, actually stop. I'm not going to do this with you this year. I love you. And I really want this to be a wonderful experience for us. And we're about to do the thing that we always do. And it doesn't really turn out so good for us. So I'm, I'm not going to do that this year. I love you. I'm going to go take a little break and have some eggnog and let's reconvene in 20 minutes. And there, there's no charge behind that. There's no attack behind a statement like that. And you can stay anchored in your system and stay anchored in your body and stay anchored to your truth which this is going to be a practice. So if this is your first holiday season practicing this, um, it's okay. If it goes a little sideways, it's okay. If you don't get it perfect or if your family system is like, what in the actual fuck? Like, who are you? Like, what is happening? Cause that will happen too. When we start to change the dynamic and we start to change the dance, the people who've been dancing the dance with us, they're a little confused. They don't like the change. They're like, wait a second. I normally, like I I gain something out of this dynamic. And sometimes the gain that we get is not having to be vulnerable, not having to really feel and connect with those more tender feelings of closeness and connection. That's usually why drama happens in family systems is that it's a way for us to kind of keep our own energy and keep our own footing when we're starting to feel the intensity of vulnerability. And so if we know that going in and we know what the the normal dynamics are and where the drama usually tends to be, well, then we have space to potentially choose something different. And the less drama hooks you get looped into, the more space you will have for pleasure. Okay. So 
Number two, start a daily appreciation practice for the duration of your holiday. So the duration of time that you are going to be spending with your family system or in these relational dynamics, um, train your brain to look for the things that please you. Because this is a muscle and a habit that we do need to build through consistency and repetition. And what better time to look for evidence of things that please and delight you or that you are really grateful for that you appreciate in the holiday season. It helps to amplify some of the warmth, some of the generosity and some, some of the love that's, you know, hopefully flowing through the season. You know, I can feel in the collective that that is very much the spirit of the season. There's also, you know, the drama of the season, (laughs) as well. And there's the challenges of the season. So that is very much a reality as well. And what helps to counterbalance some of those harsher realities is when we do have an appreciation practice. So if we make a habit of looking for things that delight us and then speak them out loud, maybe that's, you know, you share an appreciation with someone in your family system, or you go get a coffee one day and you just share an appreciation with the barista. Maybe they were really friendly and you acknowledge them for that. Or maybe you just write it down in a journal or in a notepad in your phone. And we just take stock of the things that we really appreciate in that moment. That is such a powerful practice to embark on. Um, all right. So number three, be generous with your gift giving. And I don't mean the physical or material gifts that you're giving. I mean, the gifts of your presence and the quality of your acknowledgements. So yes, we can give all sorts of material gifts, I, one of my love languages is gift giving. So that is so my jam. I love finding really beautiful gifts that are meaningful for the people that I love. And it brings me a lot of joy and it's a way that I express my love. So we're not going to poo poo the material gift giving, because for some people that is a source of joy and love and expression of love. And we also want to make sure that in the spirit of gift giving, that we're also really speaking from our heart, that we relay to the people that we love what they mean to us. Let yourself be a little bit more vulnerable this year because 2020 did not play fair. There has been a lot of loss and, you know, in my family, like we've lost you know, a couple people who have died and there's been a few more people outside of my family system that I've known that have passed away this year. And I'm sure that that is a very real reality for a lot of people this year. And so the ones that we do have a connection with during this holiday season, let's be generous with them. Let's be generous and let them know who they are to us the impact that they've had on our lives and the, the meaning that they bring into our lives. Like that is such a beautiful and generous gift. And it's a a beautiful practice in cherishing our relationships because 
you know, in, in relationship land, what can happen is we take people for granted or we assume that they know that we love them. And we assume that we know that we love them and specifically for what we love them for. But often the case, that's not true. Like we maybe know on some level, like, yeah, I know you love me, but I also need to hear that. And there's a difference in saying, you know, oh, I love you. Or when you sent me that Christmas card, my mom sent me this beautiful Christmas card this year, and it had such a touching message inside of it. And when I received it, I immediately felt flushed with warmth. It was like I was receiving a warm hug from her and I was really being acknowledged for the ways in which I have impacted her life this year. And then that, you know, sparked a chain of, you know, reaching out to her and letting her know how that impacted me and that I was really grateful to know that that was the impact that I've had on her and to let her know how much her love and her presence and her generosity and her sweetness and her thoughtfulness really influences me and allows me to you know do the work that I do in the world when we receive a high quality acknowledgement it is like the best high quality gas for the tank and regardless of what your love language is acknowledgement like physical word physical words words that we physically say to someone especially if we are face to face or we're over the phone and they can hear our voice or maybe we're on video you know platform and they can see us there's something really special and really connecting when it comes to sharing who someone really is to you and it can feel really vulnerable And one of the things that's always kind of been weird to me is that we wait to acknowledge people until they're dead, like literally at a funeral, that's where people will get up and they will tell stories of the impact that the deceased has had on their lives. However, the deceased does not get to hear that because they are gone. And so I think it's this really weird thing that we do as human beings. And I would love to see that shift where, and think of it that way of like, if, if this was, I know it's going to sound morbid, but if you were at their funeral and you were recalling the ways in which they have impacted or influenced your life for the better, what would you be saying? And then tell them, tell them now, do not wait until the one day, someday, maybe a better time, tell them now. Because like I said, 2020 has not played fair. And if it has taught us anything, it's not to wait, not to wait to share with people who they are to us and what they mean to us. And to let them know that their their presence in your life has mattered. That's all really all of us want is to know that we have mattered. And that we have left an impact that's worthy of remembering. And while that is true for every single person in my life, like they have impacted my life in such extraordinary ways, you know, we can get caught in like just the everyday of forgetting to acknowledge that and forgetting to amplify it and appreciate and be generous with that gift of, 
you know, acknowledgement and sharing who people are to us. So that's number three. Number four, choose one thing a day as your pleasure devotion. So whether that's, you know, you take five minutes and put lotion on your body after you get out of the shower and you just take time to be really mindful with that. Maybe you have a tea or a coffee or a warm beverage ritual to start your day. Maybe it's a movement practice that just feels so juicy and delicious in your body. It doesn't matter what it is and it can change every day. If you like to keep it fresh, if you like variety, I know I do. So I like to change it up, but I do have a couple pleasure devotional rituals that I will do every day. And as long as I do one pleasure ritual, and these are things that are maybe five minutes. Like it does not take a long time to do this. We're not talking about a two hour morning routine here. We're talking about something real quick that just brings you back into the sensation of pleasure. So maybe that's lighting a candle and smelling how wonderful it smells and watching the flame that brings you pleasure. Maybe it's sitting by a window and watching the snowfall. Maybe it's sitting by a window and watching, you know, people walk down the street or animals or whatever it is. Your pleasure devotion can be anything that is pleasurable to you and fills you up. So one thing a day, pleasure devotion. Number five, counterbalance all of the sweets and the treats and the food that were taken in with lots of water, some movement and high quality sleep. So hydration is so key when we're making some changes to our diet, which tend to happen over the holiday season. And we're not going to make that wrong. We are going to enjoy the holiday season. Like I said in last week's episode, however you're coping, it's okay. There's nothing wrong here. And we just want to make sure that we are keeping ourselves hydrated that we are making sure we're getting some good quality sleep, which will also help with those drama dynamics. If you are visiting your family, it'll give you a little bit more space for patients and movement will help just dislodge or move around any stuck energy that might still be in your system. And so it doesn't have to be strenuous exercise, but perhaps just gentle movement, maybe some stretching, maybe you put on some music and you just move around. Maybe you do go for a run, um, but just finding a moment in your day for movement. Maybe it's just a walk. It, it, like I said, it does not have to be this extreme exercise. We just want to get some movement in, make sure we get some water and that we're getting some high quality sleep. And the sleep one's important, especially if we're not sleeping in our own environment. If we're sleeping in someone else's house or in someone else's bed, that can really impact our quality of sleep. So make sure that you have maybe a sleep mask or some earplugs, if that is going to help you drop into a nice deep slumber. Okay. Number six, boundaries and managing expectations. So like we were talking about in point number one, so much drama can happen in the family system over the holidays. And this can also happen in friendship circles or community circles. And it often happens due to unexpressed expectations, 
uncommunicated needs and not informing people before we enter into a situation. So if you've ever taken a dance class and you have a really great dance teacher, that dance teacher is a really good cure. They know how to cue you same in an exercise class. So a good, you know, facilitator is going to know how to cue you properly. There's a flow to it. And when we go into the holiday season where things are a little crunchy or heightened or tense, um, cueing people, letting them know what to expect from you before the situation unfolds is really, really, really smart to do. So we're, we're not suggesting that we're going to be able to predict every single thing that happens over the course of a family visit or a holiday visit, but we often do know what we need or what our expectations are of the season. And if we do not inform the people that we are close to and that are part of that co-creation, there's a lot of room for upset. There's a lot of room for hurt feelings. There's a lot of room for drama that's totally unnecessary and can be avoided. And we avoid it by communicating in advance. So, you know, this is maybe not uh, an example that is totally applicable for this year because, you know, social distancing and, you know, not being able to see as many people as you maybe normally would. But let's say you go home for the holidays and your parents or your family or whoever you're spending the holidays with, they have an expectation of how much time they want to spend with you. Now, you going back home or to wherever you're going, maybe you have other people outside of the family system that you also want to prioritize seeing. So you have an expectation that you will spend time with your family system and also spend time with these other people. If that is not communicated, we can see how these two conflicting expectations could cause some, you know, ruffled feathers. So when we want to be proactive about creating an environment that has more space for pleasure, more space for flow, more space for ease, more space for connection, communication is a non-negotiable. We have to learn how to access the courage within ourselves to speak our truth, to share what those expectations are. I do not believe that expectations are a bad thing. I think uncommunicated expectations, you know, lead us down a course of a bit of a train wreck, relationally speaking, but I don't think expectations are the root of all evil. I think unexpressed or uncommunicated expectations can cause a lot of drama, but I don't think that they're inherently bad because expectations are often rooted to our needs, to our desires and to, you know, our boundaries. And so that's that high quality information that people need to love you better. And if we are withholding that information, it makes total sense to me that things would go sideways because people don't know how to love you or navigate and co-create with you if they don't have all of the information. And this is something that we'll probably jam on in many future episodes because it really, you know, fires me up. This whole piece of not giving people all of the information to make an informed choice. So when we don't give people 
all the information. And this is a two-way street. Like you'd want to have the conversation of like, these are my expectations. This is what I would like to do. Um, what, what are your expectations? What are your desires? What are you hoping to, that we're going to be able to explore, do, or experience during my, my time with you? And that way we can co-create and then we can get it out in the open of like, hmm, maybe a little negotiation. I'm not totally open to doing that, but here's an alternative. I am. And we can, you know, go back and forth until we find an agreement that everyone feels good about. Because if we do not say what our desires are, or what's true for us, and we just go in with our fingers crossed, hoping for the best, that is actually a recipe for disaster, hurt feelings, and a lot of drama. So let's, let's do our best to avoid that because if we can remove the drama, guess what? There's more room for pleasure, which is awesome. And more room for connection in those relationships. And, you know, we'll start to see that, Oh, maybe we could all get our needs met here. Huh? Imagine that that would be amazing. Okay. Number seven, take space in your day to connect back to your breath. So this can happen at any point in time in your day of just, oh, I'm just going to take a moment to consciously breathe. So I'm going to slow down my breath, inhale really slowly, exhale really slowly, maybe orient back in my body, do a body scan. What sensations am I experiencing in my body? And the deeper and the slower that we can breathe in that moment, the more present we become. And presence is a key for pleasure. It's very hard to experience pleasure when we're not present. And so coming back to our breath and reminding ourselves to breathe deep and to breathe a little bit slower allows us to connect to that natural pleasure rhythm in our body. And then we might actually pair that with, Ooh, I'm going to do some deep breathing and then just look around my space and find evidence of things that please and delight me wherever I am, whatever I'm doing, I can always come back to those two things because they're internal. They don't require you to go anywhere or do anything except tune in to your channel. Okay. All right. Number eight, come back to your senses. So this is very, very literal using your five senses. So look for something that delights you. So what are sights? Maybe it's the Christmas lights. Maybe it's the twinkles on the tree. Maybe it's the stockings. Maybe it's the snow. Maybe it's, uh, the, the beautiful, you know, trees outside. It, it literally could be anything that is pleasing for you to look at. Maybe it's, you know, how your little niece and nephew light up when they're talking about Santa coming or, you know, we see a a cute family pet or maybe our pet and it's just so cute and that brings delight to what we are seeing. So the sense of sight, then connect to a smell that is really delicious for you. So there's a lot of signature holiday scents and you know depending what your you know family of origin was or your home of origin growing up was there's likely certain scents that remind you of the holiday season and maybe some sense that you're like ugh 
yuck. And then other ones that you, you really enjoy. So surround yourself with the scents that you enjoy and bring those into your space and just take some time to orient into the sweetness of that smell that you really enjoy. Um, again, the next one is textures and things that feel good. So I love really soft and cozy things. So wintertime I love because I get to wear all the cozies and, you know, bring out all of my blankets and pretend I'm like a kitten kneading my hands like they were paws on these really soft blankets. And so that's, that's a sense that I'm quite connected to. I'm quite kinesthetic. And so I like to touch really soft things and like whether that's clothes that I'm wearing or textures around me. Um, I love the texture of like crunchy snow. And so that is always fun. It doesn't look like it's going to snow here where I am this year. So might not get that, but there's so many different textures or feels that we can connect to. And two more, uh, anything that tastes really appealing to you, enjoy that, savor it. And the final one are sounds. So this might be music that you listen to. It might also be like the sound of running water. Maybe it's the sound of the rain. Maybe it's just the sound of being outside and like just kind of the, the dense blanket of sound that is, you know, always kind of running through the current of where you are. Like whatever sounds are appealing to you, add more of those in. All right. And the final one. Oh wait, no, that was only number eight. Never mind. There's two more. <laughs> number nine, self-pleasure. Yes, I'm talking about masturbation. This is the pleasure portal after all. And so self-pleasure can look many different ways. It does not necessarily mean genital touching or genital release or orgasm, although it might. Um, self-pleasure can mean like exploring touch on any part of your body that feels erotic, that feels good, that feels like a turn on to you. Now, sometimes that might lead to an orgasm. And if that does great, cause that's a nice stress reliever. It helps flesh out the system energetically. Um, and even if it's just self-pleasure and self-touch that does not lead to orgasm, that still brings you back into your body. And that's where we want to be to experience more pleasure. So sometimes my self-pleasure practice includes an orgasm. Sometimes it doesn't. And again, like I listen to my body when it's done, when it says stop, I stop. And if the body is still giving me the go ahead to continue, I continue. And so this is a great way to start building up a nice rapport with your body and establishing consent within your body, you with you. It's a really great place to start. And so self-pleasure over the holiday season can really come in handy. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> All right. Number 10, final, you know, pleasure list here for your pleasure holiday pleasure guide, a blessing ritual. So before anything goes into your body, whether that's food, water, or drinks, um, fingers, toys, other people's body parts, who knows what's happening here, 
bless whatever is going into your body. Take a moment to bless it before we take it in. So if we're talking about things like food and beverages, it's a really wonderful practice to bless and say thank you for the food and the drinks or the hydration, the water, whatever it is, before we take it into the body. And honestly, I think this is a really great practice to bring into to play as well when it comes to uh, sexual contact as well. So when it comes to sexy time before we allow ourselves to be penetrated in any way, shape, or form, whether that's just a tongue in the mouth with a kiss, although you know that might not be happening a lot this season unless you're already partnered or paired up. Um, but in the case that it is, you know, even just having a moment of gratitude of like, oh, this feels really good. Like, thank you for this experience. And yes, I'm ready to allow that transaction of energy to happen is such a beautiful way to set the energetic tone and to get into right relationship with our body and right relationship with our pleasure. Okay. So that's all 10 all 10 of them. And you can use one, you can use none, you can use all of them. You can maybe take a different one and try on a different one every day. Whatever feels good to you is my invitation for you to explore. And like I said earlier, next week, we're going to do a little mini episode on why family systems get a little crunchy and intense during the holidays. And then the week after we're going to do a wrap up of 2020. So there's still some episodes to come for the remainder of 2020 before we move into this new portal of 2021. And uh, like I said, if those courses are of interest to you, you can find them over at legendaryloveacademy.com. And in the store, you can just enter the promo code HOLIDAY2020 to get 50% off. And of course, all of the links for that will be in the show notes and easy to click over and access if that feels good to you. And if you're enjoying the podcast, I would so love if you subscribed and left a review if you're listening on Apple. And if you're not, then I would love to hear your review as well and just send it to me in a DM or an email. I'd love to hear from you and know how the show is impacting your experience. So until next episode, friends, have a beautiful day wherever you are, whatever you're doing, invite more pleasure in, and I will talk to you very soon.